Hi there, welcome to our podcast for College Catholics, where we discuss faith and spirituality from a Catholic perspective. I'm Father Patrick. In the last episode, we spoke about the priesthood and the sacrament of holy orders. Who is the celebrant of the sacrament? Who can receive it? And what are the, the essential elements for the sacrament itself? However, I want to go uh, a little bit more in depth with regard to celibacy and male priesthood. Some of the usual questions that come up uh, nowadays when we speak about the priesthood, or even the Catholic faith in general, is why don't priests get married? And also, why can't women be ordained priests? So today we will talk about the question of women and the priesthood, and in the next episode, we'll speak about celibacy. And this uh, issue of our item of spe uh, speaking about women um, ordained priests and so forth is a little bit uh, difficult or heavier to understand, uh, and it requires a little bit more doctrinal approach. So that's what we'll try to do today, um, because the, the Catholic Church has indeed always ordained only men to the priesthood. Now, if this were merely a choice that the, some bishops came up with, one could imagine that one day they also could change their mind. But even if some bishops changed their mind, as sometimes might have occurred, Christ's teaching won't change. And the sacrament will always be validly administered only to men. If this discipline of ordaining only men were simply a human conclusion of the leaders of the church, a man-made law, why couldn't, there, why couldn't they change that discipline and include women? Wouldn't that, in a sense, allow a much greater number of priests to be available? Wouldn't that be a more inclusive practice, we could say? But unfortunately, our secular culture puts this sacramental practice of the Church, of Jesus Christ, we could say, at the level of equal rights to vote, for example, or equal pay for men and women in a particular area, and the like. And I don't blame them, because it is possible that not, not everyone knows the background for this practice of the Catholic Church. In fact, while the Catholic Church has always ordained only men to the priesthood, there haven't been a few theologians, and even priests or bishops, that questioned the practice and argued against it. And some of the arguments include ideas like, if the Church ordained women to the priesthood, there would be many more priests. Or, women priests would be much more sensitive to female realities, and even to human realities in general, than male priests. Or some other people would say, in our modern world, we can't have structures and institutions that are, that are old, so old-fashioned. Or, also, we can't consider women of lesser dignity than men, and so forth. And many of these uh, imply some underlying arguments that are not necessarily true. But one deeper or more difficult argument is that one that states that our Lord Jesus Christ ordained only men because he was determined in his decision by the social and cultural ideas and tendencies of his time within the Jewish culture. But now that culture has changed. And therefore, Jesus would probably ordain women if he lived in this day and age. 
Now that again is an argumentation against the practice of the church. So while many of these and other reasonings might make sense to our modern mind or to a mentality that is not inspired by the revealed faith, they all miss the main point. And that is in this case, we're not talking here about a man-made law or a discipline that can be changed. A key principle is that the fact of ordaining only men, that is, male human beings, refers to the reality of the sacrament itself. It, remains, it refers to the constitution of the sacrament of holy orders, to the nature of the sacrament of holy orders, just as, as it was instituted by Jesus Christ, who is God. In a word, the fact that the person being ordained must be a baptized man is the fruit of a free-willed, deliberate choice of Jesus Christ at the moment of instituting the sacrament of holy orders. It is, therefore, a constitutive part of the sacrament. It is part of the nature of the sacrament. In such a way that if anyone were to attempt to ordain a woman, the sacrament of holy orders would would be simply invalid. And by invalid we mean that even when the visible aspects of the element of the sacrament take place, the spiritual and supernatural effects or realities don't take place. In other words, the invalid sacrament is not successful or not fruitful. So, um, I will leave a link to a news article in the show notes that presents the case of some invalid sacraments that happened here in the U.S., actually here in Michigan. So as the Catechism says in number 1577, and I quote from the Catechism, only a baptized man, in Latin vir, validly receives sacred ordination. The Lord Jesus chose men to form the College of the Twelve Apostles, and the apostles did the same when they chose collaborators to succeed them in their ministry. The Church recognizes herself to be bound by this choice made by the Lord Himself. For this reason, the ordination of women is not possible. So up to there, the Catechism, 1577. So on the one hand, I think it's important to understand that uh, for the sacrament to be valid, there are four elements, for any sacrament to be valid, there are four elements that have to be correctly in place. You have the form, the matter, the proper celebrant, and finally the well-disposed subject or person receiving it. In the case of holy orders, the form of the, and the matter, as we said in a previous uh, episode, are the consecratory prayer and the imposition of the hands or the laying on of hands of the bishop on the one to be ordained. The celebrant is the validly ordained Catholic bishop, and the subject must be a baptized adult male. As some theologians explain, this condition of the subject being a baptized male male, is related to the matter of the sacrament and therefore to the essential elements of the sacrament which make up its uh, proper nature. To explain a little bit, a bit more, Uh, If the celebrant were not validly ordained bishop, but instead a layperson, even if he did all the motions and used the proper words, the sacrament would be invalid or unsuccessful. 
in just the same way, if the subject is a woman or an unbaptized male, the sacrament would be also invalid. So just to uh, give you a little bit of a mental break, we've been talking already a lot of uh, doctrinal things, I would share an example of two women who were quote-unquote ordained to the priesthood in St. Louis, Missouri. And this happened in 2007. A German woman, Patricia Fresen, attempted to conduct the rite of priestly ordination and ordained, quote-unquote, two other women, Rose Hudson and Elsie McGrath, to the priesthood, again, uh, attempted to ordain them to the priesthood. So, of course, this was not just wrong, it was wrong to do it, to attempt to do it, but moreover, it was invalid. That is, those women did not effectively become priests, so they couldn't, after that, celebrate the Mass or hear confessions. Uh, so, and to help, to help uh, clarify any possible confusion among the faithful in St. Louis and in the world, for that reason, the local bishop, now Cardinal uh, Raymond Burke, had to excommunicate the three women uh, so as to help them correct themselves and to help other people not think that that, is, that, that was okay. So that was wrong. So they had to be uh, reprimanded, so to speak. So you can read more about this in a link that I left in the show notes below. So you can go to the show notes uh, in the same episode and there's a link to an article, a news article about this. So... Uh, on a, from another perspective, it's also useful to know that nobody, even men, can claim to have a right to be ordained to the priesthood. Right? The, the grace of holy orders is absolutely a gift from God, something no human being, male or female, can merit in any possible way. Now, on the other hand, it shouldn't be considered a kind of looking down on women the fact that the church would ordain only men, because it, while uh, the priesthood is a sacred dignity, you know, uh, it is something that God chose to give to some men as a ministry or service to the church. There are some people that are called to some type of ministry and other people that are called to another type of ministry. And there are different roles in society and there's a variety of ministries in the church and that variety of roles doesn't mean that some people are privileged and others are rejected. In fact, there is there's no question that Jesus loved the Virgin Mary above any other creature. And still, he did not ordain her a priest, but chose her to be the mother of God and the mother of the church. And not because of that, she gave her less dignity or less love, right? Or looked down upon her. So it's not a matter of thinking that women are unworthy because properly speaking, nobody, nobody is worthy to be a representative of Christ as a, as a priest. In fact, God, God called several women, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, to be in charge of, the, of some of the most uh, amazing tasks and responsibilities, where the Virgin Mary herself is the mother of God. St. Mary Magdalene was called to be the first one to announce the resurrection to the apostles. St. Catherine of Siena, a doctor of the church, was called to receive great revelations from God and also to address and even reprimand a pope. St. Teresa of Avila and St. Teresa of Lisieux, both also doctors of the church, were called to be 
teachers of the spiritual life, to give guidance to so many other men and women in the history of the church. Besides, we want to, we should remember that those who are greatest in the kingdom of heaven are not those who have greater human dignity or greater human power in this life, but the saints. Those are the ones that are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And the saints are those who are more in love with God and will be revered more for all eternity in heaven. However, if you would like to read a little bit more about this, there's a great document written in 1976 by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith called Inter Insignores in Latin that explains more in detail the reasons and arguments in all this question about the priesthood. So I will leave a link in the description below, a link to that uh, article, to that uh, letter, actually. Um, so among other things, the document gives some reasons as to why God would have chosen only men to be ordained priests. And some of the reasons are the following. On the one hand, Jesus Christ was a man and remains a man in heaven. So it is fitting that those who are meant to represent Jesus as a priest be also men. On the other hand, uh, the work of salvation or redemption generally is seen as a spousal covenant between God and the church. Right? God, Christ dies on the cross and reestablishes a covenant between God and man. And therefore also between Jesus and the church. It is like a marriage, like a covenant. So the Catholic Church is the bride and Jesus is the bridegroom. So it is only reasonable that the priest, who is a representative of Christ, the bridegroom, should also be a man who enters into a covenant with the bride that is the Catholic Church of Christ. But again, these are simply reasons that can help give a better perspective. Reasons, as they say in theology, reasons of fittingness. But ultimately, the, the reason is that God and Jesus Christ chose only men to be his representatives in exercising the priesthood. So it's ultimately a reason, a choice that God made. We can't look further into it. It is a free-willed choice of God. This is why uh, Pope John Paul II in the apostolic letter uh, called Ordinatio Sacerdotalis stated in number uh, four at the end of the letter that in order that all doubt may be removed regarding a matter of great importance, a matter which pertains to the Church's divine constitution itself, in virtue of my ministry of confirming the brethren, I declare that the Church has no, no authority whatsoever to confer priestly ordination on women, and that this judgment is to be definitively held by all the Church's faithful. So, up to there, the Pope, John Paul II. And that is an infallible definition. It's not a dogma of faith, but it's an infallible definition. So, all Catholics must firmly hold this truth and not question it anymore. And if you hear anyone questioning it, your faith should not be shaken, nor should you be confused by anyone saying something different, because now you absolutely know that this is the truth, and it's a truth that is related directly to our faith. It is an infallible definition that John Paul II stated, and it's irreversible. 
But let us look a little bit at the spiritual aspect of all this. Uh, what can we take from all this? First of all, uh, it's good to remember always that the priesthood is truly a mystery, something we will never completely understand in this life. It is and it will continue to be a sign of contradiction in the world. That is, some people will try to understand it with a spirit of faith and some people will simply not understand it at all. Some people will love and revere the priest. Some people don't and will not and moreover may reject the priest almost violently. I think that all this remains, reminds us that everything that refers to the grace of our salvation is something completely unmerited. That salvation is a calling, an invitation, a gift from above. A gift from God, a grace. That's what grace means, a gift from above. This is why the priesthood as well is a gift from our Lord, a gift from above, a call that God makes to whomever he wishes. And therefore the priesthood, just as our salvation, is something that is also completely unmerited. Something neither I nor anybody can think himself worthy of receiving. So let us pray for priests, that, that we may live holy lives, and for bishops, and for the Pope also as well. And pray for an increase of vocations to the priesthood, that many young men may have the courage to follow God's call, in spite of the great task that they have ahead, because it's not always easy to make that decision. So let us say this prayer for uh, more vocations to the priesthood together, a prayer that is inspired on a text of Saint, uh, Pope St. Paul VI. Lord Jesus Christ, divine shepherd of souls, you called the apostles to be fishers of men. Draw toward you the ardent and generous souls of young men to make them your followers and priests. Make them partakers of your thirst for universal redemption, through which you renew your sacrifice upon your altars. Extend, Lord, your calling to many generous souls. Instill in them the yearning for evangelical perfection and for dedicating themselves to the service of the Church and of their brethren in need of assistance and charity. Amen. In the next episode, I will, uh, I hope to address a little bit more in detail the question of celibacy in the priesthood. Why do priests uh, generally don't get married? And for that, I will be inviting as a guest, Dr. Lawrence Feingold, who is a doctor in theology. So thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please share it with others, pass it along. And if you can, please leave a review in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. Uh, and I will really appreciate that. May God bless you, and we will see you next time.